0: peace this is Cheyenne Salah thanking you all for watching and listening to my new podcast the door is now open to my brave new world so sit back and relax and let me share with you a little bit of this thing I call life <laughs> yeah baby let's go it's so fun. yeah I'm a, rebel, I'm a- Nobody has ever seen For my people in the ghetto Music has a new well, Muhammad Ali From rock and roll metal To rock and song metal My truth sets you free And I will never settle When God smacked the devil The demons I'll flee like yeah, No money What's good, everybody? Cheyenne Salah, I'm back for another episode of Life. And since the last time we connected, you know, life is definitely doing what it does. There's all kind of chaos going on in the world, all kind of things happening. And, you know, I'd be less than a than a man that I've been raised and developed to be than to not give a, a quick shout out uh, to all the people suffering down in, the great state of Texas uh, and these crazy winter storms that are popping up around the country. Um, I think, you know, what's going on down there is just, uh, you know, the significance is is overwhelming Uh, when you think about people suffering without any power, uh, without any running water or just general energy at all. Uh, You know, needless to say, uh, the information of, Mr. Ted Cruz, rip running and gunning the way that he is, I ain't even gonna dip all into that side of it very much. But I think that it, it's that it's a, uh, you know, it's something that's indicative of what's going on in American culture right now, and just how we all are kind of desensitized um, from the ability to to be considerate, to care, to have some sense of empathy. And so tonight, I really just wanted to talk to you all a little bit about, you know, loyalty, you know, love, friendship, partnership, you know, relationship, and why a country like our own, whether you look at that on a mass wide scale or you you micro view that down to your very own neighborhood or block or household or family? What is the nature of how we go about dealing with one another? Uh, I think it's important for me because I think when you get into problem solving, when you're dealing with people and problems arise, or when you're dealing with issues and problems arise, or you got a natural disaster and a problem arises, one of the things I think that gets overlooked and undermined with all the intelligence we have, with all the the great minds that we have that can figure things out, it's still going to come down to relationship. And it's still going to come down to one's ability to have to collaborate and connect and communicate with another person in such a way that they can get to a solution. But how do you do that when you don't get along or you don't agree or you don't see things the same way? or you have different belief systems, or different levels on how you assess what is value, what is the right way, how do we see this? And I think that these things are really starting to show up in our society. And of course, I got some ideas about you know why I think that may be. Um, I, I got some experiences that I've lived or I've seen Uh, You know, variable uh, aspects of this play out in a myriad of ways. I've seen it wreck communities. I've seen it wreck households and families. Um, The potential for ego in America, I think, is just, it's off the chain, and it's uh, ironically a direct result, in my opinion, to a lot of its inborn and inherent privileges, I think when you have something that can be so potentially great where one individual who comes from nothing or comes from everything or somewhere in between can decide to wake up tomorrow morning and for all practical purposes, legally, can make a choice to go this way or that way or that way or this way in life. And for what it's worth, the majority of the technical and practical and legal resources are there and made available uh, for that person to pursue whatever that may be. Whether that's going to school, whether that's starting a business, um, whether that is some other form of pursuit of happiness and whether that's sports or fishing or uh, whatever your deal is, you have the right to that pursuit in this country. And And I think that there's a fine line that gets developed when you uh, have so much potential that you can grab onto, because you got to ask yourself, at what point am I going to actually connect with someone else's interests? What point do I connect with what's best for somebody else? And I think when you look at what Ted Cruz has recently exhibited, I think that when you look at what a lot of our politicians exhibit, it's very clear that from time to time, uh, they're only representing a group or a, a uh, one particular culture or community's uh, point of view. And sometimes we get played in that. Hell, all the time we get played into that. All to get your vote obviously so are all to antagonize um people from voting for a particular individual and so when you got that kind of culture going on and that's that's happening you know in the media you know does it make ted cruz a bad guy is he really inherently a bad guy do we really notice you know what i'm saying are any of them inherently bad do their families not like them you know what I mean? Like, is, is that really what we're dealing with? Or is it only in res- with respect to what it is that's important to us? Uh, there's so many ways that you got to look through the windows of assessing your own beliefs. And so it just comes down to that principle of loyalty. And I think that loyalty is like any of these attributes or terms that are associated with character, right? You got to always challenge and question, where does that come from? Where does that definition come from? Why do you see it that way? I know in the black community and in urban communities, um, character attributes have always been kind of directly associated to how you are in a relationship, in intimacy, or how it associates with religious culture. That's where your kind of your character definitions come from. So you're either bad or good based on how a man treats his his woman or how a woman treats her man or how the parents treat the kids or how the kids treat the parents from a domestic standpoint or what kind of Christian are you or what kind of Muslim are you or what kind of whatever. It's always directly aligned with some kind of a standard that's already been pre-coded and preset. And here's my thing you have to be willing to challenge where you got your standards. You know, if if I want to play basketball and some random guy across the street invites me to a camp and he has a gym and he wants to teach me a new way how to shoot a free throw, and he may very well have these techniques down to me It it may be, you know, great from a standpoint of training. But is that the same advice Michael Jordan would give? Or is that the same advice, you know, Kobe Bryant would have give? How do you weigh out where your standards are coming from? Did mom tell you to think like that? Did dad tell you to think? Well, where did they get it from? Who taught them? How has it worked for them are you more concerned with being right than being efficient or beneficial or helpful why are we constantly in these this this paradigm of having conflict with each other from a uh, a relational standpoint I think all starts and ends with these standards that we're carrying in our mind, most of which none of us are living up to in the first place. So I've always been like, yo, ain't nobody perfect from the standpoint of what people think perfect is. And the real truth of the matter is perfect don't mean anything but one's ability to continue to uh, exercise uh, their potential. Right. You're perfecting some kind of potential, some kind of a talent, some kind of a skill, And the art of perfecting that is really just about you going about doing it. And therein, in and of itself, as you develop that practice, you become loyal to it. And it becomes loyal to you, meaning that you're giving something to it, it's giving something back. Loyalty is about reciprocity. Loyalty is about non-possessiveness. And this has messed a lot of people up in my conversations Uh, throughout the years because so many relationships are centered around um, some degree of possession, some sense of entitlement, some sense of, you know, you have to do something for me. And I've always argued that I believe the only way you can have loyalty is through freedom. See, no slave could ever truly love their slave master on the mere fact that they're enslaved. Now, you can break them down to death. You can traumatize them to death. You can trick them to death. You could do all these things. But at the end of the day, they're in captivity. And we have a society that has adopted from slavery ways that they've gone about developing standards These slave standards have entered the household, they've entered religious circles, these slave standards have entered the school systems, these slave standards are really, in a lot of ways, what you call institutionalized racism, all the way to today. But they include some of the emotional and psychological factors, possessiveness, right, I own you, You owning somebody is not loyalty. See, understanding freedom means that if I give you freedom or you give me freedom, then you are putting on my lap the responsibility for me to become the best thing that I could possibly be, not only on my own behalf, but on your behalf as well. And because there's this sense of freedom, again, another reason why America is so um, amazing in its ideology is that it's built on this concept of freedom. That's why there's such deep brand loyalty to it. The branding of America, home of the brave, land of the free. Home of the brave, land of the free. Man, what? I love that. You're going to give me the right to not have to be enslaved by you? Because slavery is much more than a, a a physical process. So to be emotionally enslaved, by someone is deep and to be psychologically enslaved by someone is deep and those two kind of go hand in hand and certainly if you're in it from some physical standpoint uh, they all kind of correlate with one another but freedom freedom says I believe in me and I believe in you and if we are aiming to be good and or become great in what it means to be me and what it means to be you, then I got nothing but value to offer you. I got nothing but value to offer you. That's where loyalty begins. It's not about control. it's not about subordination. Now on some levels you have to consider you know how these things kind of scale. I've always believed, hey man, you want to start a business, you got to be loyal to it. Just uh, that's just the that's just the sake, that's just the culture. That's the environment. You got to create that brand. I've been developing my brand in Brave New World for 20 years. And I'll do it for another 20. God willing. 40. 60, as long as I got, I'm going to continue to be true to that brand. And because I was able to be true to that brand, I've been able to be entrusted with other brands. It's an each one, teach one kind of thing. It mirrors itself. So once one sees that you're able to be loyal to that thing, which again just means you're exercising the potential of whatever that is, and and you're going through that thing to its to its ultimate end nothing can get away get in the way of that sometimes that's loyalty to your family sometimes that's loyalty to your school you look at people that got school pride think about the average college campus on a saturday in the fall football season the pride is loyalty it's loyalty. Those alumni coming back to enjoy the game, loyalty. Scholarships and monies going into program to continue to develop the school and the institution and everything. Loyalty. Where is the loyalty in America with respect to people? I get it for the brands and I get it for the businesses and I get it for um, everything else that is kind of like a material thing, including for the brand of America itself. But where is loyalty at person to person? Well, it's hard to discover it because that would mean that people are not in the business of slavery it would mean that people are not in the business of possession and people are not in the business of owning other people, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, soulfully. You don't own me, I don't own you. You have the right, you have the same legal rights to do and pursue everything that you wanna do and pursue. But if we decide to do something together, if we decide to collaborate, then I get to bring my best to the table and you get to bring your best to the table. And we birth something that's best for everybody. And ultimately that's what public service is about. It's not the people's job to be loyal to the Republican party or the democratic party. It's the party's job to be loyal to the people. It's just so crazy how these standards of expectation have penetrated our society and have woven itself um, into the fabric of our culture. And so I had to deal with it tonight. Now, Texas, I think, is a great example. You see people coming together, all races, regardless of party, they're having to survive right now. Damn a standard. Right? It's about survival. It's about respect. And in order to survive, you have to have a sense of freedom. You have to have a sense of freedom. So I'm by no means trying to sit up here and redefine what loyalty is. I'm not even trying to um, say this is the exact uh, definition it's so all kinds of connotations and things that come with attributes, um, you know, character terms such as loyalty or freedom or love or, um, you know, anything uh, that where in terminology you're giving characteristics and components of characteristics because they require context. And that context is how people have gone through life, how they see things, how they're defining things for themselves, which again is why freedom is so important, freedom of the mind. Love is what it is to me. And if I say that those standards are born from universal laws, then those are the standards I got from universal laws. And those, those universal laws have been studied by this person, this person, this person, this person. And from these people, these kind of cultures were developed and that's why I'm an appreciator of universal law, or that's why I'm an appreciator of that science, or that's why I'm an appreciator of that religion, or that's why I'm an appreciator or a practitioner of whatever that community or that culture is. And therein lies why I've made that my standard. Okay, great. You have the right to that. You don't have the right to enslave emotionally, psychologically, physically, or otherwise someone else and force them to think the same way. I don't care who you are you just don't have the right and that's what causes that's what causes the craziness it's horrible that we do it to ourselves from the household to the to the block to the neighborhood to the city to the community to the region to the state to the country it happens all the time people pissed off cuz you don't think like i do Or pissed off because I can't make you see it the way that I do. And don't get me wrong. I'm a businessman. We call it negotiating. You negotiate differences. You come up with compromise. Compromise doesn't mean that the value of what you do is belittled. At least not in a business sense. It means that you kind of know what you can give and take going in so that the better good can be accomplished. If you see something different than I see it, then we find a way to compromise and say, okay, can we agree on this? We both need 50 feet. I only got 20 to give. You only got 15 to give. You know, maybe it's fair and equitable if we meet at 17 and a half. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But you have to negotiate your loyalties so that you don't get caught up in misguided standards of how people are supposed to perform and act. Friendship. Relationship. Partnership. The ships. The ships ain't no joke. And you got to understand what kind you in. See? We have had a game played on us that has kept the culture by and large out of being at the top fray of decision-making processes on political level, not having a seat at the table at the highest levels of education, not having a seat at the table in the highest levels of business, not having a seat at the table at the highest levels of real estate and land acquisition, any of these things, banking. Religion. And so the perspective oftentimes for the poor and the povertized and the struggling is a perspective of having less. Being in some kind of realm of being manipulated or owned or kept in some sort of a box. I think that it's the natural instinct of any human being at some point living in such conditions to just start fighting. At some point, you just start fighting. And it doesn't matter if that relationship or that friendship or that partnership includes people that you love because there's nothing inherently wrapped in us as living creatures that wants to be enslaved on any level. And I'm using that term because I think it's effective um, because of what it can conjure up in the mind visually. Nobody wants to do that. But you also got to know what's fair and equitable. And there's a huge responsibility that comes with being free. That means you got to be accountable to those freedoms. That means you got to be able to be willing to allow people to be who they are. It's interesting that we got a legal system where it's like, you know, man, it's against the law to practice half of the emotional shit that's allowed in the average house household before you even get to any physical violation. Just the emotional stuff alone is disgusting the I own you concept in this country has been very detrimental, particularly to black people who come from a history of of being enslaved, tortured, possessed, passionately so. Where someone feels such a great deal of ownership over you that they will go to war, civil war, from within their own country to keep you enslaved. Man, that's deep. You got to really mentally run with that. What kind of shit is going on in someone that they got to enslave a human being? Because you can't just enslave physically. You have to do it psychologically and emotionally as well. That's what makes it evil. Evil. Whereas you could be on a job, and a job is not really slavery per se, because you're getting some kind of paid wage. You can find various degrees of benefits. There's some degree of privilege there because you're accountable for whatever task you got to perform. You might get some of the other benefits like self-confidence and importance and self-worth and so on and so forth. Same thing with being able to go to school and at being you know pursuit of a good education. Same thing in sports, we got this general concept of a meritocracy. May the best man or best woman win. Go out there, give it your all. Nothing's stopping you from becoming great. That's freedom, and that's a great concept, but that's hard to really swallow when you've been traumatized all the way through. So we gotta understand what kind of trauma we're under In this country. And when we relate to one another. Whether or not those standards work. Does that standard work in your household? Does it work in your community? Can you do what you do in your household to someone that's just random in the community? Can you do what you do in your community to someone? Something or some opportunity random around the city? Probably not. So we got to check that ego. We got to really dig into where we're at and holding expectations of people. And then we got to look into where in the hell did you get those standards? And are they actually working? And if they work for you, great. But do they work for everybody? Everybody's not fast. And everybody's not strong. When I played football, there was just some of us that were fast. And some of, some of them weren't so fast, but they were big and strong. So they played on the line. Some of the guys that were kind of fast, but more strong, they played positions like linebacker and tight end, fullback. And then what they call um, the guys with speed, you know, the skills players, That's your tailbacks and your receivers and your defensive backs. And anyone that's smart enough to know the game of football knows that you don't turn a cornerback into a left tackle. And so why we don't have this simplicity when we're looking at family? You got a household with with three kids. That kid's great at that. That kid's great at that. That kid's great at that. Mom and dad might have been great at this. If mom and dad take the standards of this and apply it and and form expectations on each kid according to something they are not gifted in, interested in, or even want to do, then you're going to have conflict. So how much more so in a country? Who wrote the standards? You know what? At the end of the day, something I love that's always kept me humble. I grew up in a household, man, where we were exposed to death very early. A lot of family members die uh, on my mom's side, some on my pop's side, but mostly on my mother's side. Um, It's a very traumatic thing, you know, when you're a child and you're just, you know, people are just dying. And it seemed like two, three, four times a year, man, cousins and aunts and uncles and People just getting knocked off for a variety of reasons. From the streets to health issues, this is going on. And what you come to learn really quick when you go through that young is you don't get to take anything with you. You don't get to take your political party to the grave. You don't get to take your Maserati to the grave. I ain't trying to rhyme on y'all, it just kind of came out like that. (laughs) Uh, You don't get to take all the material stuff in life to the grave. It's immaterial once you die. Maybe you got it in a position where it can be passed along, but you don't get to take it with you. So, Why would you have a standard that these things are so important unless you have them in consideration of other people, either in your family or your community or or what have you? See, I believe to some great degree, everything we do is for the else around us, everyone else. I've had many ups and downs in my life. And every time I was up, I was always thinking about everyone else. I want to share it with everybody else. I want to do it for everybody else. Big, big motivating factor. I want everybody to win. I want everybody to celebrate. I want everybody to get in. But does everybody have my work ethic? Not. No, they don't. Can I expect them to? No. I have to leave them to their own standard. If they don't make it, they don't make it. That's on you. This is the beauty of a meritocracy. That when I was that dedicated athlete and I'm at practice an hour and a half before practice started and I'm stretching and I'm eating right and I'm handling my business and I'm training and I'm studying in the playbook and I'm watching extra film. You get in the rhythm where it's like you can't outwork me. You cannot outwork me. And if I saw a player that couldn't give a damn about being there, my mindset was just kind of like He's going to get ate up at some point when it's time for him to go in the game. He's going to realize real quick, man, you should have studied the playbook. You should have been watching some film. You You should have been checking for things and you weren't if you get in the game ever. He's not going to get out of it what I'm going to get out of it. But I still don't expect him to have my standard. Unless we get into such a place where everyone there has agreed and they know these are the standards. And these standards are important because they make the family thrive, or they make the team thrive. And this is how you get mottos and slogans and brand and you know logo. This is what we represent. This is our shield. This is what we mean. This is our creed. We decree that we are blah, 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 blah. And everybody else that's in the blah, blah, blah all believes it. And they all are willing to uphold themselves to it. This is how fraternity is born. This is how institutions private are born. This is how family and culture from royal to Gentile is born. What's your standard? What's your standard? And are you invested enough in your standard to where you know you cannot force it on me? You cannot cause me to believe See, you know what? You cannot take somebody to court because they had consensual sex. If two adults had sex, there's no courtroom for it. They're two adults. Now, if one adult is married or, you know, whatever, they can have their own little domestic situation, but it won't be because consensual adults had sex. Now, if you violate an adult sexually, then, yeah, it's on, and it should be on. Why? Because that standard of how you treat somebody is backed by law. You cannot violate. You can pursue your happiness. You can pursue your pleasures. There's a myriad of things you can do in your pleasure pursuits that are legal. But you violate somebody's happiness, you violate somebody's Uh, ability to live out their freedoms, their standards, that's against the law. There's laws against it. So I'm looking at our world and I'm saying this doesn't have to be as complex as we've made it. And whether the issue is something like what's going on with Ted Cruz, if you're into pop culture or the issue is something like what's going on with Kim and and Kanye right now going through a divorce. Or if the issue is something like what's happening with LeBron and the Lakers or whatever. You know what I mean? Like these are things that you really should be asking about these concepts of loyalty versus freedom. You know, standards, expectations. What did they come into it for? Right? And how much more so is that reflective of America and what we're going through in America? Can we as people just love on each other? Can we just be decent? Can we just respect the fact that, man, I'm a whole living soul, I'm a living being? Don't play with me. And I will fight like hell to protect that for myself and for my loved ones, right? Your standards may not add up to my own, but I will never be in the business of violating What's important, what's important to you. Because for whatever reason that that's important to you, that's important to you. And you have the right. It's crazy times we're living in. It's difficult for a lot of people. A lot of distrust. Because there's been so much overwhelming amounts of slavery of the mind and the soul and the emotion and the body in this country. And this country was built with a lot of that in the core of its belly. But this country also was built with an idea that what if we all have the right to be the shit though? What if we all have the right to blow up, to thrive, to have more, to create more. And what if I teach my kids that? And what if I teach my community that? Then what can happen as you start to learn how to be a human being you start to actually practice being a human. (laughs) As crazy as that sounds. I had an interesting conversation today. Got a chance to talk with the great Dr. Carl Mack and my my good brother, uh, Representative Jesse Johnson. And we were discussing a concept that I can't wait to have Carl on the show about, centered around the truth of of Juneteenth. Um, He's written a phenomenal calendar book that on one of my episodes, uh, uh, Pastor Tremaine Palms that brought up me, it brought me one of Dr. Mac's books. And it's these amazing facts centered around black history and culture and, and all this stuff. And I love black culture, black history, because the resiliency, the perseverance, um, you know, slavery is a disgusting, horrible, evil thing. But when you can imagine that a people survived it and despite all the trauma and despite all the sickness and the craziness from coming over on the ships, just being chained and captured, the whole idea around chattel, slavery uh, in and of itself. But those that survived, survived. Those that escaped, escaped those that fought for their freedoms fought for their freedoms when you're coming from a culture that was treated less than a pet, less than a farm animal treated like insects at best, but responsible for building culture, building farmland cultivation, responsible for the workload, And as they migrate and they come out of that and you go through the, through the eras and the fact that we still exist is, uh, to me, only the hand of the great God of this universe uh, could do such a thing. And so I'm very, very proud of that culture. So when I was listening to some of the lessons, it gets into the context of, of these moments and these things some of the slip-ups. So we will have a future episode uh, with Dr. Mack here uh, fairly soon to kind of drop into that. I haven't done a lot um, for black history. Uh, Majority of my life obviously has been predominantly black because I'm a black dude in America out here getting mine um, on levels of things that are inherently black in my my nature and that directly deal with the effects uh, and the things that are going on in the black community Um, But I also understand the value of this relational thing. I also understand I've been, you know, privy and blessed to have to negotiate and have to communicate and articulate points and deal with people from all over the place and understand the difference in those standards. And so this show is going to personify those relationships. This show is going to give insight as I've all told you all, sometimes it's just me sitting down with a little bit of scotch doing my thing. Other times it'll be me and someone else or me and a couple of people. Um, we got uh, three or four uh, new Zooms getting ready to come out. It's all done on Zoom uh, that you guys will be listening to. But I'll never want to leave this thing blind. I always want to be getting at checking ourselves, bettering ourselves, motivating ourselves, Get better, do better, feel better. Um, Treat each other better. Treat yourself better. Keep your ego in check. And I don't mean that because that sounds sweet and cool and whatever. Oh, you need to be humble. And no, no, you don't, you know, you need to be great. You need to be great. What needs to be humbled is your weaknesses. What needs to be humbled are the flaws what needs to be humbled now are the things that we need to check that are destroying our sense of being able to be human. What the hell good is it if everybody thinks your way or my way and everybody agrees with it? There's no flavor. No no structure. no No color in the scale. No diversity. No variety. You got to have a place like Washington, right? Where it's beautiful in the spring and summer and fall and ultra green. And so then you got to have something that's like a San Diego or a Miami or you got the tropical vibe in the field. You got to have your mid South down along the Gulf where you got a little bit of the white sands and you got that old Southern Bible belt vibe. And, you know, and you got to have your Midwest, you got to have your cities like Chicago or DC, Baltimore, You got to have this stuff. You got to have your East Coast. You got to have diversity. Geography teaches it. This planet teaches us this. Why we can't respect it amongst each other is crazy to me. Why you have to make that other one feel the way you do and think the way you do is all born from slavery. That mentality that I have to own you, that I have to control you. There's nothing human about it. It's gross. The animal kingdom doesn't do it. I mean, they get after things when they need to eat. They're carnivorous. That's part, of, that's part of the nature. I think a meritocracy is somewhat associated with that in a certain kind of way, particularly when it comes to sports. But by and large, there's harmony all over the planet from landmass to landmass, animal to animal, bird to bird, sea creature to sea creature. From time to time in that survival, you do have things that do get ate up. And so we're not beyond the fact that we got impulses, but I think we've evolved. We have enough intelligence. If we are the most intelligent creature on the planet, and I certainly believe that we are, then why wouldn't we evolve past having to bastardize one another, subjugate one another to psychological, emotional, physical enslavement of a bullshit standard that you don't even know if it's working right for your damn self. The hell is the point of that? What is it doing for you to think like that? Show me. Because going back to the free throw guy, if shooting free throws like that never got him to the next level, well then, nah, I can get the mechanics, that's great but I really need to listen to Jordan because I'm trying to go where Jordan's trying to go. Now, that's got nothing to do with anyone underneath that that just wants to experience playing basketball. You want to be in the playground playing hoop? You want to be in the backyard playing hoop? Fine. Use the dude across the street's techniques. They're there. They're available. That's what makes America dope. You can still do it. But if you want to be great, then there's a different standard. And so because this country has this ideology of its greatness of its bravery, of its uh, freedom, then damn it, embrace yours. Stop wasting time in your life trying to make me believe some shit that don't even work for you. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. So y'all, everybody need to relax. Everybody needs to challenge within themselves. Where did you get your standard? Does it really work for you? What is the historical context behind the support of it? If it's religious in nature, how is it corresponding in your community? How is it helping issues? What are you doing about it? And are you challenging? Is in this mindset some form of slavery, some form of possessiveness? See, I'm not, I'm not a Bible thumper but I do believe in the value of a prophetic word. I do believe in universal laws. I do believe in um, that magic that a lot of people call God. I do believe in that spirit and that soul and that ether and that force. I do believe that collectively it's omnipotently existing in everything. And I do believe that if we reach into that, Why the hell would we need to control somebody else? It's just going to get back to that. Loyalty has nothing to do with control. Loyalty is all about you giving. Loyalty is all about the value you add to that next thing. It's not about what that next thing is getting back to you. If I'm loyal to practicing those free throws, there's gonna come a time where I can execute it in the game and it's just gonna work for me. And my whole team is gonna benefit because I made my free throws because I was loyal to the practice. I really believe it's that simple. Now, if everyone else on the team is practicing the same loyalty with respect to shooting free throws, then guess what? I'm winning too. But I don't need to walk into practice and force you to have my same energy. The hope is through a meritocracy. The hope is through the pursuit of happiness. The great ones will emerge and they'll understand that freedom is key in anything where greatness is expected. Someone's gotta have the freedom in order to have the loyalty you got to have the freedom of mind to be loyalty, to be loyal in the mind. Got to have the freedom of the body to be loyal through the body. You don't get to possess my body physically, not through any form of labor, not through any form of sex, not through any form of anything. I get the right to choose where I'm going to And how I'm going to go about utilizing my body. And if I wanna play football with it, then I wanna play football with it. As long as I respect that the next person gets to do whatever it is they wanna do with theirs, what's the problem? That's what America's about. You gotta embrace the massive complexity centered around the idea that you're free. And you got to examine that freedom. Loyalty is the consequence. Loyalty is the consequence. So I encourage you all, and I'm not telling you you need to believe or think like me. I'm just telling you it's worked for me spiritually and soulfully. It's allowed me to get to some spaces and places that um, I don't know under under any other circumstance I could have gotten to. It's allowed me to connect and meet people that are phenomenally gifted in their own way because they were allowed to go and choose. They allowed themselves to go and choose that pursuit that's made them experts in their field. And even if that field is nothing but the fact that they are a great mom or it's nothing but the fact that they're the best butcher at the the deli, they love it. I've met them all. And so... Please go about your way, go about your life, make freedom first, make freedom first. Be loyal to your potential and your talent, and your skill for your loved ones. And loyalty will absolutely be returned to you. And as you all well know, I try to maintain some kind of vibration that hits on things that I think are gonna uplift and elevate, move the culture forward. I want to get into a few different recommendations that I think will help all of you kind of slip into that mindset. I got three very important products and entertainment experiences that you need to add to your catalogs. Um, Some things that I think will benefit you individually, benefit friends, family. Feel free to recommend them. Um, As you all know, I've recommended some albums, some album of the week kind of stuff before, but I kind of got a little triune, Trinity thing jumping off now that I feel is, is right on par with the subject of understanding where we're at in this country with respect to treating each other, loyalty, freedom, so on and so forth. Uh, one of my favorite artists of all time is Prince. Uh, I know he's adored by, by people all over the world and for much of my lifetime it was very misunderstood by a lot of those same people who now adore him. I was a genius. When I was a young child, I got a chance to be personally introduced to him through my big cousin, Travis. May he, may he rest in peace. As well as, as Prince. May they both rest in peace. Travis was a big genius uh, himself. He was actually my original namesake, my first cousin. And he was the first dude that would constantly tell me, man, you can be anything. You can do anything. You can have anything. I really didn't know how to receive that initially, but he had this collection of tapes that he would bring with him. And he had this whole this whole uh catalog of print stuff. And we had a few Prince records in the house, but uh, you know, his this was all cassettes. So this is this is back in the day, tape players and whatnot. And he pulled them out and I'm asking him about what's going on. And it was just at the release of The album that I'm recommending is albums called "Sign of the Times." He put this album in, and I, you know, look. I I was in fifth or sixth grade, um, maybe, at the time, and uh, it it just worked through me, man. Just worked through my whole soul. He uh, went into it for what it did for him, because he was newly coming out of the army,
1: and he was trying
0: to decide what he was going to do in life, and and so on and so forth. And so we would have these long conversations while listening to this particular album by Prince. Sometimes we get up and dance, other times we just be sitting, sitting down, chilling and talking kind of like this. But I highly recommend that you check out the album Sign of the Times. Get the whole, it's a studio album. It is phenomenal. The musicality, the songwriting, uh, the harmonies, uh, the mixing, the the just the ma- it's just a masterpiece. Um, and I'm a big fan of it. And in, and in particular, the signature song of the album, which is called Side of the Times. It's an actual... Um, the the album was named after a particular song. And that one record is amazing. I think it parallels great what's going on today. Parallels great with the subjects of loyalty and, and freedom and humanity. So that's my album suggestion for the week. Prince, Side of the Times. The next thing I'm going to suggest... Is a great read. It's a great book by a phenomenal doctor by the name of Bruce Lipton. The book is called The Biology of Belief. I'm here to tell you this book will change your life. Bruce Lipton is a biologist who kind of went on a journey uh, where went to remote jungles around the world to try to discover why people were living. Um, so long while there was different cultures and tribes that were thriving uh, in certain conditions. And anyways, this book dives into a little-known science called epigenetics. And epigenetics is all about how the environment around you can impact the cell or impact your DNA. So if you think about it from this standpoint, people used to say you are what you're around, right? You are what you think about. What you say is what it is that there's these energies. Well, no one had really discovered until Bruce Lipton's work that this was actually scientifically a fact. Even though the prophets had said it in all the scriptures and times past, he brought it down to the science, the molecular value in the DNA and literally could show you the shift. And he goes through it in the book, how that shift took place and the impact of negative energy on good energy or a good cell and positive energy on negative energy is a, a single bad cell. It's a beautiful, beautiful story, a great read. And again, something that'll pair well with what's going on um, in the world today when you think about the environment, the way we're receiving information, the way we're dealing with one another, that health, particularly in the time of the pandemic, at least has to start to be challenged, you know, when you think about those standards um lastly i want to recommend the old school tried and true godfather as the movie to check out if you get the time it's a classic everything i named to you thus far in my opinion is a classic and i'm only going to suggest classics because i'm looking for stuff that's going to move you to a next level but the godfather to me was one of those films that my dad always watched growing up and it just always felt boring you know And he'd be in it, man. He'd he'd be hooked up with his food and his drinks. He'd be watching The Godfather, be on TV or what have you. It just always seemed long and drawn out until I got a little older and I checked it out for myself really for the first time. But when you think about humanity, when you think about culture, when you think about freedom, when you think about loyalty, um, I love that that movie contextualized Italian-Americans, mafia, Uh, The ideology around what loyalty is to them, what it is to a gangster, what it is on the streets, how that feeds a community, how that corresponds with church, Um, the culture in and around it, the the cinematography, uh, everything about that movie is, is, is amazing. So Godfather 1 and 2 is a deep recommendation, but I'd love for you to look at it through a different kind of lens challenging the standards, not condemning, not judging, certainly enjoying yourself, but thinking about if you were them, if you were one of those early immigrant um, Italian Americans that was associated with the mob and you had the ideology amongst the families that we could, they got to protect each other, got to build things, got to preserve legacy and all this stuff. I think it's just a fun watch to think about how we all see things from different Spaces and places when it comes to concepts like freedom and loyalty and survival uh, and culture. So that's it. Those are my suggestions for the week. Challenge yourself. Get better. Think about The Godfather Wanted to 2. Go check it out. Go check out Dr. Bruce Lipton's Biology of Belief. Great, great, great read. And definitely go check out some Prince, Sign of the Times. Kick back with some wine, man. Turn the music on and enjoy yourself. Uh, as always i got nothing but love respect and the most profound hope that you all get a chance to live the most al- amazing life that you can live peace and love Cheyenne the kind of man that believe we can do like, says see it in my eyes from the day